Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome back to another edition of the Auburn Undercover Podcast here on AuburnUndercover.com. My name is Nathan King, Auburn Beat Reporter for AuburnUndercover.com. We last recorded earlier this week, recording right now, um, a bit of an emergency uh, restart to the to the podcast, the, another first segment of the show. I recorded an opening segment yesterday. Um, in which I said that the 2021 schedule reveal was the news of the day. Um, it was at the time, and it is no longer um, the news around, I believe around 6 p.m., 5 p.m., 6 p.m., something like that. Brian Harson officially finished, we hope, fingers crossed, finished out his 2021 Auburn staff. Um, obviously, Tracy Rocker is who we talked about on the last show, um, Auburn's defensive line coach who is no longer Auburn's defensive line coach. He left. um, Auburn officially confirmed that. Now, Auburn didn't say why he left. Um, They just confirmed that he is gone. Obviously, um, Pete Thamel was reporting, though, from Yahoo Sports that he will be joining the Philadelphia Eagles staff. And now, apparently, Auburn has made a trade with the NFL. (laughs) Apparently, they're they're losing Tracy Rocker to the NFL, um, and they're gaining an NFL defensive line coach um, because Nick Eason has joined Auburn's staff as the 10th assistant, um, the last assistant on the defensive side of the ball, and as Auburn's defensive line coach where he replaces Rodney Garner after eight seasons and replaces, obviously, Tracy Rocker as well. Um, So who is Nick Eason? Now, this is, I mean, this is not an assistant. I know a lot of people were kind of looking at some assistant defensive line coaches in the NFL. Um, this is this is a straight up defensive line coach. Um, this is a guy who was with the Cincinnati Bengals for the past two seasons, coaching up their D line. Um, so there's the Carl Lawson connection there. Go to our website um, and check out Jason Caldwell's story on Auburn hiring Nick Eason. He, uh, Jason got a comment from Carl Lawson on the hire. The former Auburn uh, pass rusher worked with Eason in Cincinnati. Um, but this is a guy with a ton of NFL experience. Now, um, that's the that's the upside. I mean, there's a lot of upside here. Talking about a guy who is going to bring you a lot of experience coaching um, professionals along the defensive line. The only downside, I think, is that this is only his second ever college job. Um, he was the def- uh, just a defensive assistant at Austin P um, in 2018. He was on their coaching staff between his time with the Tennessee Titans as their D-line coach and his time with the Bengals as their D-line coach. Um, He's only in his second stint now in college. Um, Don't really think that's too big of a deal at all. I mean, again, you're talking about someone who has a lot of experience now in the NFL. Um, He was a player in the NFL from 2003 to 2012. He played at Clemson, um, and he was was a fourth-round pick at Clemson. He was first-team All-ACC in 2002 as a defensive end at Clemson. A uh, really good player out of Georgia for them uh, at the defensive end spot. And then he was drafted by the Denver Broncos, played for the Broncos, the Cleveland Browns, the Steelers, and then the Arizona Cardinals. And then he immediately got into coaching as soon as he retired from the NFL. Um, he joined the Cleveland Browns staff in 2013. So I guess if Gus Malzahn had uh, taken that Browns job, maybe they, <laughs> maybe they would have uh, crossed over there. So he was an assistant D-line coach in 2013. And then, I mean, 
two years after finishing his NFL career, um, he immediately jumped and became a full-time NFL um, assistant coach. He was the Tennessee Titans D-line coach from 2014 to 2017. Um, that He replaces Tracy Rocker there as well. So that's interesting because Tracy Rocker was the Titans D-line coach as well. He replaced Rocker in that role. I believe Rocker went to Tennessee after that. Um, so he spent three seasons there or four seasons there, excuse me, with the Titans. Then he goes to Austin P for a season. And now uh, he, they hired him from the Cincinnati Bengals where he was for the past two seasons. So the coaching staff finally finished um, for Brian Harson with Nick Eason. Now, who is he as a person? Um, you can go out and you can find lots of great videos um, <laughs> of Eason. I believe one of them is at the Senior Bowl of him working with players. Um, and you can just find videos of him working with Bengals players at practices. Um, this is not a guy that lacks energy. Um, Auburn is not going to be lacking any energy here when it comes to its defensive line. Um, guys are not going to be um, struggling to get fired up from their position coach at the defensive line spot. Um, certainly one of the more energetic, um, seems like a fun, um, a fun person, you know, somebody who is going to bring um, a lot of positivity to the practice field. Um, and just somebody who's kind of real. Uh, seems like he's got a very genuine approach to the way um, that he coaches the position. You know, this is somebody who played not long ago, um, you know, in the NFL. I mean, his last season in the NFL was 2012, less than a decade ago. Um, and so he's got the ability. I know he played defensive end, but he's got the ability um, to coach the inside guys as well and show them. So if you watch any footage of this guy at practice, which I, I would suggest that you do that, um, you can see him kind of working with multiple spots and really getting out there and uh, showing and not telling. And I think that's probably the most important thing when you're talking about um, a defensive line coach is getting out there, um, especially with how Derek Mason is now going to be changing this defense. It's going to be different than what Auburn is used to with Kevin Steele used to have the four two five defense. Derek Mason is going to start implementing three four defense and it makes sense why this hire happened, because if you look back in the past, Derek Mason has tried to hire um, Nick Eason before. When Mason was at Vanderbilt, um, he tried to pull away Eason, and then Eason went to the NFL instead. I believe he was on staff um, for 13 days with uh, Mason at Vanderbilt, and then he ended up doing exactly what Tracy Rocker did exactly what Tracy Rucker did with the Eagles and he left Vanderbilt for the Bengals. So definitely keep that in mind. I know a lot of people are going to see this as an upgrade from Tracy Rocker just because they're not happy with Tracy Rocker for leaving Auburn. But I mean, this is just what happens sometimes. Um, it's a business. And if you were mad at Tracy Rocker for what he did to Auburn leaving after less than two weeks, then you have to probably acknowledge that Nick Eason did the same thing. He left Vanderbilt um, Derek Mason, uh, Auburn's new defensive coordinator, and he was at Vanderbilt. He left him after le less than two weeks to go to the NFL. So really not a huge deal. I mean, uh, it was a matter of Auburn not being able to match um, the Eagles' offer, we believe, for Tracy Rocker. Really not a huge deal. But um, it's big here that Auburn has finally finished out its coaching staff. We really hope that is the case. Obviously, things change. Coaching staffs are still changing. Um, Tennessee, you know, just hiring Josh Heupel, UCF's head coach, as their new head coach. So UCF now has a new head coach that has to get in, and it has to fill out its staff. So 
you know, changes aren't done across the country. We're not done seeing people get hired, but hopefully, hopefully, hopefully Auburn has its 10 man coaching staff, its assistant staff, on field staff, and it can start just focusing on recruiting and focusing on the winter workout period that we're in right now and then getting ready to implement those offensive and defensive schemes that are brand new to all these players, implementing them when spring practices start rolling around. So this is, you know, like I said before, this is me coming in and changing up the, <laughs> the beginning of the podcast um, to reflect the Nick Eason news. So just a little bit of introduction to Nick Eason and, and what he brings to Auburn. I'm looking forward to learning more about him as we go. So we'll get into the next segment of the podcast right now, talking about Auburn's 2021 schedule. So we'll be right back on the Auburn Undercover Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Auburn Undercover podcast here on AuburnUndercover.com. My name is Nathan King, and I'm here with Mr. Jason Caldwell here to discuss the news of the day, um, and that is that we finally have a full football schedule um, for Auburn's 2021 season. Hopefully this one is not the same as the 2021 schedule where it gets thrown about and rearranged and retooled. Hopefully what we're looking at right now um, is exactly what we get come the fall. Just going to go over it real quick. You've got, this is all in order versus Akron versus Alabama state. Then you go at Penn state versus Georgia state. That's the first time since 1922 that Auburn's opened a season with four straight non-conference games. Then your conference openers at LSU versus Georgia. After that tough first two games for Brian Harson. Then you go at Arkansas, you've got a bye week at home against Ole Miss, at Texas A&M, at home against Mississippi State, make the return trip to South Carolina, doing it for two straight years, going to Columbia, and then you finish out with the Iron Bowl at home. Jason, when you first looked at this schedule, um, what's your favorite game? What is your favorite game uh, slash matchup? Which one are you most looking forward to right now? Yeah, I, it, it has to be Penn State for me, just because it's something different. Um, you know, something, something new for Auburn fans to make a trip to Happy Valley and to, to do those things. So, to me, that's the one that stands out. And it's really that early part of the schedule when you look at, at Brian Harson and the staff coming in. You know, you get Akron, Alabama State, kind of open it up to get your feet wet a little bit. Then you jump in Penn State, Georgia State. Georgia State, which is a team that is talented, um, ha, ha, you know, has a, a very good quarterback that will be returning. Then LSU and Georgia. Uh, you start talking about jumping into the fire. Um, more than likely, you're going to face – three top 15-ish potential teams in the first six games of the year. Um, so that's the thing that stands out to me. Manageable second half of the schedule, uh, but it all kind of depends on, on you know, where you are, uh, you know, after those first six. But, you know, you look at uh, the road trips, uh, Penn State, LSU, Arkansas, Texas A&M, South Alabama, um, you know, got some, some difficult travels there, um, you know, in that 2021 season. Yeah, talking about Georgia State, I mean, they, they're they the ones who beat Tennessee just a few years ago in Knoxville, right? Yes, I mean, yeah, and, completely and, and different got, team. but Yeah, but, you know, Quad Brown is a quarterback from um, from Alabama. He's from Calera, uh, Cornelius Brown the fourth. 
uh, is a guy that um, is a good football player, had a good season, led them to a bowl game and had some big numbers. And so, you know, that'll be a team that from a confidence standpoint, you know, they'll come into this one you know, as a pretty confident team, you know, early on in the season. So you got that, you know, following a long road trip to, to Penn State. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to Alabama State as well, getting that kind of in-state, not rivalry, but getting the in-state matchup back there. Like you alluded to it, but not, a, not an easy start for Brian Harson. I mean, if he wins one of his first two games in the SEC, that means he either beats LSU on the road for the first time since 99, um, or he beats Georgia at home, which is – Georgia's dominated the recent series. They won most of the games, but, I mean, that's just a huge one um, overall. Obviously, we're way, way ahead of this thing. Um, but which one of those is easier to you? I'm, that's what I've been kind of looking at here. Which which one of those first two wins would be easier for Brian Harson's team? Yeah, I, I mean, you would, you're on the surface, you would look at it and go, it's going to be LSU um, but based on what they did this past year, based on what you did to them this past year. Um, you know, the, the interesting thing about LSU is, is that, you know, they got – a couple of those offensive linemen they're returning. So I think they're returning their entire offensive line intact once again, which is a big deal for them. You'll get Miles Brennan back. Um, how much of a, a factor is that? You do lose some more of those talented wide receivers. You lost your tight end. Uh, but we know that's going to be a talented roster. Auburn has played well in Baton Rouge, but hasn't done it for 60 minutes. You know, that's the thing. You know, can, can they do that? And play well against Georgia, period, other than really 2017 for quite a while. You look at Georgia and you go, you know they're going to be talented. They're losing a lot of players. But, you know, JT Daniels is coming back to give you that quarterback. You'll have George Pickens. Um, it'll be a much better offensive team than Auburn has seen. Um, and then defensively, they kind of are what they are, um, you know, over there because of the talent level. So, it's kind of a toss-up for me. Uh, it's crazy to sound like, but I would probably say at LSU, even though Auburn had one down there in, in 100 years, um, might be the better matchup in the short term next year. Yeah, I think so much of it depends on what the stadiums. I mean, a packed out Tiger Stadium and uh, and Jordan Hare at home. You know, every Auburn always plays well at home um, against Georgia in those games. I can't remember who said it. Somebody said it to me recently that when LSU doesn't have a bunch of draft picks, like they're not going to have that this season. That's that's bad news for the next year because that means they're bringing a lot of talented guys back. Um, I'm really looking forward to going to the end of the schedule. I didn't think I'd be saying this this time last year, but the South Carolina game. Um, just because, I mean, not only was this past year's game entertaining and um, chippy, you know, a lot of guys just kind of going at each other the entire game, but Brian Harson went in and just raided that South Carolina staff. Um, how much are you looking forward to that game and, and possibly getting to go to Columbia for a second straight year? Yeah, uh, you know, it's, it, you're right, and it falls at a, at a very interesting time. You look at it because um, normally, normally you look at a schedule and go, there's a couple of them that you can just kind of cross off and go, man, you know what that, that game's going to be easy. Uh, even with the best of teams, you look at this schedule right now in the league and there's not one of those games. Because uh, right now I think it would probably take Vandy to be the only one that would go, oh, that, you feel pretty good about that one. And you look at going to Arkansas uh, with the way they've recruited, the, 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 the change in attitude for them. Now, Felipe Frank's being gone is a much, much different team because he brought a much different, you know, you know, team to them. But, you know, Ole Miss, you know what's, what they're going to be like with Matt Corral returning. I mean, that's going to be a really explosive offensive team, a team that's going to be, you know, a more talented offensive team again, even without Elijah Moore and, and, and Yebo. Um, they're going to have some talent. Um, and then at Texas A&M, who's returning five fifth-year seniors 
and nine of 11 defensive starters off maybe the best defense in this league. And then you got to go to College Station, Mississippi State, uh, with, with Rodgers coming back. He played really good at the end of the year. And then that South Carolina trip. Um, South Carolina gets a grad transfer quarterback, which should help them. But that's a roster that, that you know, lost some players. Now, they got a really talented running back. Um, they got some pieces. But, I'll, you know, it, you know, I think Auburn will be very um, determined going up there to, to get a win. Uh, but that'll be one that'll have a little, uh, little extra edge to it, I would believe. Great breakdown from Jason going over the schedule. A few takeaways, a few notes. Jason, thanks for joining us on the Auburn Undercover podcast. We'll be right back to the podcast in just a second. Going to take a break. We'll be right back. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. And we're back on the Auburn Undercover podcast talking a little Auburn basketball. The Tigers got a huge win over number 12 Missouri on Tuesday night. And who better to talk about it than our lead basketball reporter, one Mark Murphy. Mark, um, the Sharif Cooper bonanza whatever you want to call it continues as he just had another incredible game um but an all-around effort you had the bench that was what you wrote about was the bench played really really well 14 blocks again the defense seems to be improving um what were your main takeaways and how were they able to to take down a pretty good Missouri team that had a pretty good resume up to this point in the season you know I think one of the big things that happened is this game got at Auburn's tempo Nathan and you know Missouri likes to keep the score down when that when the thing looked like it was going to get up into the 80s, that was advantage Auburn. And uh, as long as Cooper didn't foul out, I thought Auburn had a good chance to pull it out down the end. And Auburn came out and played really good defense the first half. Uh, uh, did get some foul trouble. You know, Alan Flanagan got two fouls in the first couple of minutes. Had to sit a lot in the first half. Sharif Cooper had three fouls in the first half. I think he sat eight or nine minutes in the first half, too. And that allowed Missouri – you know, to come back and, uh, you know, we were wondering if it was going to be like deja vu from the midweek game last week at Arkansas where Auburn was up by 19 and then uh, lost that lead with a not a great finish to the half. And then uh, Arkansas just jumped on them early in the second half. And then same thing happened, 10-2 run for Missouri to start the second half. And then Auburn recovered and uh, started playing better. I guess we've been – I mean, we've been talking about it ever since he was cleared to come back. Um, I mean, does anything Sharif Cooper does now, uh, does anything, he, uh, anything he's able to do on the floor, does it surprise you at all? Because it seems like we've seen he's flirted with a triple-double about two or three games now last night um, being one of those games. Um, I'm interested to see. I'm going to start looking into this for a story right now. But, I mean, is he the best point guard in the SEC now? I mean, is there really anything – um, that he can't do for this offense right now, kind of, kind of where would you like to see him still improve down the stretch of the season? Because, you know, he's only played a few games. Yeah, he's played six games. And to me, he is the best point guard in the SEC because he does more to impact a game uh, than any player. And, uh, you know, he fouled out three guards in that game last night, Nathan. That's crazy. And we're talking about not just average guards. We're talking about three good guards, and one of them is the SEC Player of the Week, 
And uh, those guards just came off a great performance at Tennessee, winning on the road when the Vols are ranked number six in the country. So, uh, you know, there's some good point guards uh, in the SEC, but uh, I think Cooper's the one great one out there right now. And, you know, nothing he does is really surprising me right now. He, you know, you ask what he could get better at. Well, there's lots of things. Number one, he needs to get physically stronger so he can finish at the basket in traffic uh, when he gets hit because there's going to be contact in the SEC games. That's the way it is. Number two, being stronger is going to help him uh, play defense and uh, not get pushed around quite as much. And, uh, you know, he knows how to do it, but sometimes he just gets physically overwhelmed a little bit. He's got to get better at his outside shooting. He's 0-2 on three-pointers. Last night he doesn't have a good three-point shooting percentage for the season. Uh, but after that, there's not much to be critical of this game, especially for a true freshman. Auburn's got another big opportunity. I mean, the only ranked game they played before Tuesday was against Gonzaga, which was the number one team in the country. And now you got to go play the number two team in the country on Saturday, on Saturday against Baylor. Um, what does Auburn have to do to, I mean, I guess just be in this game. Baylor's obviously one of the best teams in the country. Auburn would obviously like to give itself a shot down the stretch of the game. Um, but when you're watching that game on Saturday afternoon, what do you want to see out of Auburn um, that will allow them to stay in the game against a team that, you know, is being considered a final four contender, everything you want to say about Baylor, that they've been really good this season? Yeah, Baylor's, you know, a team that could r- literally be ranked number one. And uh, if the Zags weren't so dominant, they probably would be. And I'm not so sure that Baylor's not better than Gonzaga. I'd love to see him play. You know, it was – they tried to work it out some during the regular season with all the schedule changes that didn't happen. Hopefully we'll get to see them play in the NCAA tournament, but they're really different types of teams. And, uh, you know, you know, up-tempo is a style of play that's good for Auburn. That's what Baylor likes to play. And to me, if Auburn's going to have any kind of chance to pull this upset off, they got to do better from three-point range. They hit six three-pointers against Missouri. It wasn't a big problem because Missouri only hit six three-pointers against Auburn, but I think Auburn would need to be up in the 10, 12, 14, three-point range to keep this game competitive. Auburn versus Baylor, number two Baylor on Saturday. That game's in Texas. We'll have all the coverage for you guys um, at Auburn Undercover and inside the Auburn Tigers. Mark, thank you so much for joining us on this segment um, to talk a little Auburn basketball. We'll be right And that'll do it for today's episode of the Auburn Undercover podcast here on auburnundercover.com part of the 24 7 sports network appreciate you guys tuning in and listening if you guys enjoyed the show go leave it a five-star review it really does help us if you did not enjoy the show um, shoot me a message on twitter on our message boards tell me what you didn't like and what we can improve obviously i've talked about it before but spotify listeners we are still trying to figure out how to get the show back on spotify we are told it's being worked on right now so hopefully we'll have it up there Um, Very soon, intro and outro music is by Beats by Mordecai. Go check him out on SoundCloud, Twitter, Instagram. Appreciate him hooking us up with the intro and outro music. And we will see you guys in the next episode. Y'all have a good day.